I think going into wedding planning, I knew everyone wants to know everything. And I think the more you tell people, the more you leave open to their opinion. So from the very beginning, I just decided I'm not going to share too much about anything. Like, I don't even think I told one person the color palette. I just didn't give away too much just because I didn't want someone else's opinion because I just wanted what we wanted and what we had decided on. Unbridly is a community of pro-wedding vendors who believe in freedom and integrity in weddings, giving you options, solutions, tips and tricks to create the experience and memories that you and your fiancé really want and deserve. Because we believe that weddings are a team sport. With how-tos, stories and interviews with recently married couples, we find out what went right and what they'd change if they could go back and do it all over again. I'm Camille and welcome to the Unbridly podcast. Hey, and thanks so much for listening. Do you remember when the daily presser of the state premiers was something that you actually cared about? They delivered the news of whether or not you could have a wedding in the first place which borders were open and whether or not you could dance or consume alcohol standing up. It was a time of uncertainty and very loose travel plans. Imagine organising a wedding during that time. And then imagine doing it from interstate. Sarah and Jack were planning their South Australian wedding from New South Wales and had to make some pretty tough decisions very quickly. And even though COVID is not stopping us in our tracks like it was last year, there is still heaps to take away from Jack and Sarah's experience. You'll learn how making sure that you really connect with your wedding vendors and that you find suppliers who get your vision and who can match your energy will make all the difference, how to set an intention for your wedding day, and tips to make sure your wedding party and anyone else who's getting ready with you is not stressed out. And make sure you listen for who Sarah recommends you take with you wedding dress shopping before you make your final decision. Let's get into it. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jack. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello. How are you going? I'm doing great. How are you two? We're good. Yeah, they're really good. It's been a busy time since the wedding, but it's been, it's been amazing. So how long are we talking since you got married? It has been 10 months. Of course, I'm going to ask you questions that I already know the answer to because I had the privilege of being your celebrant. But these listeners, they don't know what you did and they don't know the challenges that you went through trying to get married because, of course, it was fun for the entire world. COVID and everything was going on. I should have said right at the start, so I'm based in Adelaide and you decided to have your wedding here in South Australia rather than in New South Wales because your families are over here, aren't they? And, you know, it's really what I want to talk to you about. Planning from interstate plus the complication of COVID, I can imagine that it could have been a bit of a head fuck there for a little while. Yeah, I mean, I think the planning side, because my career background and what I studied was event management and I looked after a lot of weddings in my career. So in terms of the planning side of what goes into a wedding, I was pretty confident with that and really I had connections with suppliers in Adelaide, so that part of it really didn't stress me out, but it was the COVID impact, which it took a toll on the emotion, that's for sure. It was very, very stressful, the uncertainty of whether we were going to have the wedding or if we were going to get back for it. So you didn't have a planner, Sarah, you were it, weren't you? 
Yeah, I was the planner. I had the spreadsheet, the different costings, all the 300 different emails to every single supplier. So that was me. Yes. And were there any particular tools that you used? No, not really. I've always been like, I would say like a basic Excel with, and I've always enjoyed spreadsheets, but no, not really. I didn't really use anything in particular. And the real challenge was, you know, at the time borders were opening, borders were shutting. We could have standing consumption and then we couldn't, mm-hmm. and then we could have dancing and then we couldn't. So that's the emotional roller coaster you guys were going through. What was the plan? What was your theme or focus in planning your wedding? I think we like we definitely wanted something like not traditional, but definitely something really romantic in terms of the look. What we were going for was really soft and really effortless. But what was really important to us was just to make sure that our guests had an amazing time with us, and we had everyone there that could be there. There was obviously people that couldn't because of the borders being shut. I think that was probably the most important thing. And did you pull together like a mood board or anything similar to that, Sarah? Like how did you get this vision together? I definitely had the Pinterest boards going, the albums of wedding inspiration in my phone. I did actually, during lockdown, put together a full PowerPoint presentation and presented it to Jack just because I had so much time on my hands and went through everything and everyone. You also had your own slide, Camille. Oh, thank you. And what did you think of the presentation, Jack? It was really good. It was really nice to see the theme that Sarah really wanted to go for. Obviously, a lot of it I was all for and very similar taste as well. It was a really good way to see how it was all going to look before it all happened. What was the hardest part of wedding planning from interstate for you? I think definitely for us, it was the COVID impact. By the time it was coming up to our wedding, It was when New South Wales was in the COVID lockdown. And I think it was Melbourne as well that was in the COVID lockdown, but all the other states weren't. The wedding could actually still go ahead. We just couldn't get there for our own wedding. (laughs) That was the most challenging thing. South Australia was so strict with letting people into the state. Mm. And, you know, we were willing to quarantine. We were willing to do everything to get over there. It was just so much of a process that we had to do. And... We said, look, like if we can get over there, then we'll have the wedding. Like we would rather just not postpone it. So we applied for a health exam through SA Health and thank goodness they approved us. I think it was what, maybe four weeks after they approved us. Then as soon as they approved us, we got in the car and we drove 15, 16 hours straight to Adelaide all through the night, car completely full and yeah, quarantined for two weeks. Which is insane Mm -hmm. when you're thinking about it. Did you, like, put your dress in the car, Sarah? Oh, well, Dak suit. Yeah, mine was ready. Yeah. Still needed a little alteration, but that could be done in Adelaide. But, yeah, Sarah's was a whole other story. So my wedding dress designer was Sydney-based, and obviously I couldn't go in and get any of my final fittings because of the lockdown. I had to say to them, look, my wedding is still happening, so my dress needs to be finished. Like, you need to keep on working on it. I went through Palace Couture, and their headquarters, like their production office, is in Perth, and the borders between Perth and South Australia were opened. So my dress was then flown from Sydney to Perth. I then obviously came to Adelaide, 
did my quarantine. Then I flew to Perth to then have my second to last fitting. They did the final alterations. And then a week later, I flew back to Perth to then have my final fitting and brought the dress back with me. I feel like you are so lucky that you have event planning in your background there, Sarah, because someone who, let's say someone less seasoned, would have stopped, you know, about four complications ago. Yeah, I think in that sense, in event planning and for weddings as well, you have to be solution orientated. You just need to fix things. And I mean, you'd know like with events and especially weddings, things just don't go to plan. Like they never do. And I knew that, like I knew that coming into it. And this was just another thing to add to the wedding story. What's the best part of wedding planning? What was the most fun part for you? Definitely like meeting the suppliers and who you'll be working with to bring the day together. We had the absolute dream team of wedding suppliers in South Australia. We chose well. We got really lucky. They were, you know, invested in our special day and, and bringing that together. That was probably the most like fun part. I think that was just that what really warm feeling. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> exciting. Like it just gets you so excited. I think there are a lot of stresses and a lot of outside noise that comes with planning a wedding talking with people that just wanted you to have the best day and you just got so excited. And that's exactly what I want to ask you two about is how did you choose your suppliers, especially because you are over there in Sydney and you're going, okay, we're engaged. We're getting married back in South Australia. How did you go about that? For me, just being in the industry for so long, like I'd already like met a lot of reputable suppliers. So there was a few key suppliers that I knew that I really wanted to work with. A couple of the other suppliers, even like yourself, Camille, we, you know, it was based on like Google and reviews and videos. Like we did our research and also what they were like in the first meeting and if we actually felt that connection. And I think for us, just having that personal interaction and just, I guess, the same vibe, right? Like if we were just, you know, good vibes and we're like, yes, like we really, really want to work with them. We wanted the best for our wedding. And I think especially with you, Camille, the celebrant was all about the connection as well. Like we had to really connect with you because you were probably one of the most important people on the day for us and we wanted to feel calm and reassured. So we had to get that feeling and from the moment we had that first chat with you, we knew. We had a Sydney-based photographer and again, like connected with them. They were a really young, like edgy couple and I was like, great, like I really want them to come to Adelaide for our wedding. We obviously couldn't have them because they couldn't fly to Adelaide. We had to find a photographer. Great photographers get booked one year, like two years in advance. And I was like, who are we going to find seven weeks out that's going to be able to like to shoot our wedding? And I reached out to all of our suppliers and every single one of them recommended Dan. And I contacted him and he had a cancellation. Like we got so lucky and we're just like, yep, booked in straight away. And again, like as soon as we met with him, it was just so warm and so friendly and just such nice vibes. And yeah, we just felt really good. That's something that I'm going on about all the time within an Unbridely. And that is, you know, it's wonderful to have the end result from a wedding vendor, you know, whether it's the beautiful flowers and design from Katie, you know, whether it's the amazing video from I Do Cinema, but it's how a supplier is interacting with a couple for the 12 months leading up that really colours how you feel on the day. 
especially towards them and then even towards, you know, whatever product or service it is that they deliver. And you guys always went for that first. You went for, you know, the person, like you wanted someone who obviously knew what they were doing, but you went for the connection and the personality and someone who's going to treat you well, which I think is absolutely key. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Even like before we chose Katie, um, I'd went to two other florists and their work was incredible. It was, it was amazing. But just from that first interaction, it was quite cold. There was just lots of like negative points. And I was like, no, that's not what I want. And then the first time I spoke to Katie, she was like screaming on the phone with me because she was so excited as well. So I was like, yes, you're hired, done. Yeah. I think it's such a great indicator. Um, it sounds, and I can't really think of, there's very few other industries where you'd go, yeah, someone's excited, let's hire them. Um, yeah. But it's really one of those things where, yeah, if you can get the right personality and the right minds all together, everything mm-hmm. just flows. You still haven't written your vows yet, have you? Let me help. In around 20 minutes or so, you can easily write personalized wedding vows unlike anything you've heard before that will make your fiance feel like the most loved, understood, and appreciated person on the planet. The how to write wedding vows that don't suck. <laughs> Instant download 17 page PDF ebook walks you through a step by step format for your vows, how to find the right words and phrases to describe your feelings and your fiance, how to write that crucial first draft, and create your final. Wedding Vows Masterpiece. So if you don't know how or even where to start, if you've been Googling your little heart out, or if you've been calling them Wedding Vows, A-E-I-O-U, this ebook is for you. Included in there are also some bonus secrets for getting the most out of your wedding ceremony. So make sure you download your copy right now and get Write Your Wedding Vows crossed off your to-do list today. The link is in the show notes. Your beautiful venue down there in Currency Creek, how did you choose that? Yeah, that was an interesting one. We did a fair bit of research on different venues around Adelaide, but we also had a brief on kind of what we wanted. We were really looking for that kind of European Tuscany vibe, and there wasn't much available within Adelaide for that. But once we had the opportunity to go and see Kingsbrook, it was the beautiful ground. They were just all pristine and crisp, but the architecture was very European and just a really beautiful backdrop. So we just kind of took everything in when we were there the first time. And everywhere we went, we just knew there would be such great opportunities for our photographer or videographer. And we wouldn't have to actually go away from the venue, which for a lot of weddings, you think about them having to leave where they are at the ceremony to go and get photos at other venues or other places. So the fact that we could stay at the venue was huge. Yeah, and I think Dan had a field day just taking photos everywhere. We didn't even have to go off-site and we were still late to the reception. So <laughs> he was just taking so many photos because he was like, no, more, there's so many good options. I knew that your guests were so important to you. There was a really good reason why you two didn't run off to the nearest births, deaths and marriages office and just do the legal thing. The people that you had there were crucial. And 
I think it's really smart. I think it's a really smart decision for couples to choose a venue that can tick a lot of the boxes for them so they're not running off to somewhere pretty for an hour or two and missing all that time with their guests. Are you willing to have a chat about your budget versus reality? Yeah, absolutely. Did you have the spreadsheet all tricked out with your budget? What were you aiming for? Again, just having so much knowledge of how much things cost within a wedding. I was very, very generous with where we allocated what. Everyone always says, you're going to go over. And we did. She had pre-warned me quite a bit about different things and what it would cost. But we also knew that for it to be an amazing day that we wanted, we were going to have to be a little bit lenient on the budget. Are you willing to actually say dollar amounts? I just know that for a lot of couples, they feel like they're picking numbers out of the air and they yeah. don't know what it means. I probably wouldn't know the exact figure. We included everything into the budget. I included my dress, my shoes, Jack suit, bridal party outfit, the wedding rings, like the cars, even like our recovery brunch the next day. I included everything and it was like it was six figures, like it was over 100000 that we spent all up. Was your budget similar? Budget was probably 70 to 80 for everything. Even like the accommodation for the groom's party, the accommodation for the bridesmaids the day before. So not just, say, you know, your food and beverage package for yes, 100 people yes. at a venue. And I think that is a little bit of a misconception as well. You know, there mm-hmm. is the cost of literally the day, you know, what yeah. it takes to put on that event. But then there's everyone getting to that event staying Mm -hmm. overnight you're flying back and forth to Perth to have your dress fittings and everything if we can talk about your wedding day did you get ready separately together how did you feel when you woke up on the morning of your wedding day yeah we were separate on the morning of the wedding the morning for me was an early start I think I was up around six o'clock before the sun rose I just had a moment for myself just sitting outside and the sun came up and I was actually really content with how I was feeling. The most important thing was having a bit of exercise to start the day, just making, making me feel fresh. But I went for a bit of a run, which really helped. Yeah, similar. The girls and I just went for, um, and Callum, sorry, went for a coffee. So we just went for a morning walk. But I made sure we had, like the night before, we just had like a cup of tea. We just had really calm conversation. Like I knew I just wanted to be in a really calm mindset, like waking up the day of the wedding. I didn't want like any sort of stress coming over me. I did a meditation in the morning and it was a guided one just saying, whatever be, will be. Something bad happens throughout the day. Look at the positives. And it was just a really good way to set my mind up for the day because I just wanted to feel happy and calm which I did like throughout the whole day I didn't have any sort of stress at all even like coming like when we were driving to the ceremony the driver said to me he's like you are probably one of the most calmest brides I have ever come across there was just no point in stressing over anything that you probably weren't going to change anyway and no one's going to notice I think you have to remember that as well. Like no one is going to notice if, you know, the flower arrangement was meant to be on the other table or the sign didn't wasn't meant to look like that. Like no one knows what it was meant to look like. So there's no point in stressing. 
That's so true, Sarah, and such a really good thing to pass on to other couples <laughs> that, you know, by then it's too late. No one's going to notice if there's tiny little things amiss and so getting upset yourself is really counterproductive. Mm-hmm. But I think that also because you're so detail-orientated and such a good planner, you made sure there was nothing left on the morning of. Like you made sure there was no loose ends or things that had to be done on the morning of it was it was getting ready wasn't it and it was feeling calm that was your intention yeah so like I would lie if I said like it was a completely stress-free you know lead up like there were obviously stressful moments and you've got a lot of things like that you do need to manage and you do need to plan but I think it's all in the preparation right like the final product is all in the preparation so the more you can do and if you've got the time, just do it. Like I even wrote a run sheet for just everyone getting ready in the morning and put it on the kitchen bench so everyone knew exactly when their hair was getting done, their makeup was getting done, what time we were eating, what time the photographer was coming. So no one even asked me questions. They were just there. They, everyone knew. It was great. That's awesome. <laughs> I hope that every couple are going, right, yeah, run sheet for everyone. Yeah. Because yeah. They're, they're the things that do bring up the blood pressure. It's like, wh- when are we doing this? When's mm-hmm. this happening? When do I have to be ready for that? <laughs> so on the day itself, what went really well? Everything. We looked back and we were just like, that was the most perfect day like we have ever lived. I remember coming back to the hotel room just after the the wedding and we just looked at each other and we were just like, we're so happy. Like, we are so, so happy. It was the best day. I think all the planning that went into to the whole thing, I think just having the best suppliers and all of that, we, did, we had so much confidence in everyone mm. that we just had no worries throughout the entire day, which for us was huge. And then that allowed us to focus on why we were there. We were there to get married and to really focus on us. So we didn't have to think about anything else. And that's the dream, right? That's what we're all striving for. That's beautiful. Knowing what you know now, if you could go back and do it all over again, what would you change? The mindset that we both have is we just look at everything so positively that we, like, we didn't see anything bad that happened about the day like where there's not anything I don't think that I'd change is there anything no definitely not we were so fortunate to have such amazing people around us which allowed us to yeah really be in the moment and that's how you both roll in everyday life though you know you're always looking at things with gratitude I think when especially you know a couple get together and they both have that same mindset and then they go into their wedding planning it carries through yeah I think people like you have better weddings because they appreciate what's going on around them as well. What would be your biggest tip for engaged couples? Really remember the reason why you're getting married. Who are you doing this for? Every single decision that you make, make sure it is for you and what you want to do. Like, Don't worry about other opinion. Don't worry about what tradition is. I think there are just no rules. You can do whatever the hell you want. I think going into wedding planning, I knew everyone wants to know everything. And I think the more you tell people, the more you leave open to their opinions. So from the very beginning, I just decided I'm not going to share too much about 
anything. Like I don't even think I told one person the color palette. I just didn't give away too much just because I didn't want someone else's opinion because I just wanted what we wanted and what we had decided on. We just felt like for the enjoyment of our guests, we didn't need to tell them anything. And it was probably the best thing because looking back on it, everyone had no idea mm. what to expect. For brides out there as well, when you're trying on your dress, like it's, don't get me wrong, it's so much fun going with your bridal party. It's so much fun bringing your mom and your family. I actually went back by myself and tried the dress on by myself. And that was the best thing that I could do because it was just me and my thoughts and my mind and what I wanted without all the other opinions. But I think it well along the way, it's massively about communication, going back to what Sarah said about knowing your why, like why are we doing this? And I think like even when we got over to South Australia, there was still all of the restrictions and we could still have the wedding, but even people saying to us like, oh, you can't dance. And we were like, but that's okay. Like we're there to get married. And luckily we could dance because I think it was like two weeks later, the restrictions got lifted. So we did get lucky and we could have a really great time, but that's the mindset we just kept on moving forward. We were just like, nope, it's still happening because we're doing it because we want to get married and we love each other. If we can dance, great. If we can't, that's also okay. I love your attitude. And this is why I wanted to chat with you because we're going to share this with other couples. It's really great to go into it with that mindset. And I also love that bit of advice about maybe not telling everyone everything because there's two sides to it. There's people who are nosy and will always want to ask, but there's also people who are a little bit concerned, making sure that you've got everything. You know, can we help you? Is everything under control? Is everything ticked off? And it's like, no, don't worry. Everything's under control and we just want it to be a surprise for you. And that usually gets most people to back off. Wrapping it all up, Sarah and Jack, what was your favourite part of your wedding day, that moment that you'll never forget? Well, for me, that moment where I got to see Sarah as soon as she walked down the aisle, the kind of unbridled emotions that happened as a result of seeing Sarah for that first time was just, yeah, it was really special. And I think getting our video back and seeing that the most amazing moment. Listening to Jack read his vows was so, so special. It was so great. Having a videographer, being able to capture all of that and like I can just listen to that over and over again. Thank you so much for sharing with us. All right, Samuel. Thank you. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Unbridly podcast. For the links and resources we mentioned, please head to the show notes. And if you love the show, please review and subscribe on the podcast platform you're on now so you don't miss out on a single episode. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, weddings are a team sport. Catch you soon.